Welcome to the Man Up God's Way podcast, a show that dives into the real, raw, and relevant issues for men in their faith, life, and community. Now, your host, Jody Birkin. Man, here we are again on another Monday night. My name is Jody Burkeen. I am the founder of Man Up God's Way and your host of the Man Up God's Way podcast. We want to welcome you here tonight. We thank you for joining us. If you can, take a moment just to share this podcast with uh, everybody in your social media feed. We are also have it live tomorrow going on to Spotify, iTunes, uh, and all podcast platforms, Google Play. So you can also download it, listen to while you're in your car headed to work or on vacation. We'd love for you to listen to us. Uh, we are um, excited tonight. we got a great guest. I can't wait to hop into that conversation. Uh, and But uh, I got Fergoza here in the studios with me as usual. How are you doing, brother? What's going on, man? Man, I'm just, I'm good. How about yourself? Good. We're here. I know it. Yeah. Made it through another week. Another week. Heck yeah. Good. Awesome. Did you have a good weekend? I did, man. I actually spent the weekend um, at a wrestling camp. Uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes has me do their music every year. Awesome. So I was out there. We did a uh, Saturday, Sunday camp, played for, you know, some of the wrestlers, got to beat up some kids. It was great. <laughs> that's awesome man you used to wrestle too didn't you yeah okay. well my uh my brother would say we dabble we dabble yeah. we dabbled that's great awesome well, that, did you um so you, where was this this was in is it is illinois but it's uh edwardsville is that the place okay, yeah yeah, yeah still, exactly. you know i'm still figuring out what these places are called edwardsville um they have a sports complex up there at edwardsville high school it's pretty uh elaborate nice little okay. spot they got like a um a whole wrestling facility baseball field football field aquatic center they're doing it up over there i don't know no who's kidding. paying for that but uh, it's legit that's awesome man well good i'm glad to have you here tonight um won't you go ahead and tell, tell us a little bit and share a little bit about some of our our merch and uh some of the things that we've got going on if you don't mind yeah well all, obviously we got the man up uh book that uh some guy wrote not really sure who yeah, it is i don't but know either somebody wrote that you can check it out becoming a godly man in an ungodly wor world and then your second book pursuit of a godly life yep. um and then we got man up coffee these are things that basically just fund what we do here we're not making a grip of money on this stuff we're just trying to keep the lights on and uh you're helping out the ministry and, and you know we're episode we're almost a year this in. This is man. almost this 40. Is like 40. I think this is 39 or 40. Yeah, now. we're we're cruising. We're mm. cruising. Um, there's hats, there's shirts, there's there's mugs, whatever your fancy is. Uh, you can really help us out by, you know, supporting the mission. There's also an app. So uh, if you go in your, to your app store and look up Man Up God's Way, you'll find an application. Uh, it's a group. It's for men. Um, it's a group uh basically for us to communicate in a safer spot and it's so weird to like men need a safe spot <laughs> no it's really do, safe do you need a women. safe place yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah it's important it's not to keep us safe it's to keep you safe from the nonsense that comes out of our mouth on social media just a spot to talk about life talk about our struggles um there's a lot of social media things going around that's talking about men not having an outlet uh right. the, the big joke is no one cares Right. Um, I was actually lamenting to one of my bosses the other day about, you know, a struggle I had at work and in the middle of it, 
I just, you know, I could tell on his, he's listening intently, but I could tell that, you know, he's another man. He's just like, bro, fix the problem. Like, I don't, no one cares about it. Like right. you just see it in his face. And I started laughing and I was like, I'm really just, you know, venting, I guess at this point, because you know, and I know no one cares. And he started <laughs> laughing too. And I was like, don't worry about it, man. I'll fix the problem. You yeah, know, it great. was, uh, it wasn't all work stuff. It was outside stuff too, but yeah. Um, it's just a spot where men can get support when a lot of times, you know, we feel like we don't have much support. Right. Uh, yeah. That's, that's what it's all about. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. What about, um, what do we got planned for next year? So next year we were talking about, uh, conferences. Um, we're trying to, we're trying to start the booking process. We were shooting dates. So we do the man up God's way conference. Um, that's actually how we met. Yeah. I did music for you. Um, at the first, uh, my first man up God's way conference, which we do this every single year. Uh, we are planning multiple conferences yeah. next year. Uh, we don't have dates. We do know that, uh, for sure we'll have at least two here in Missouri. And then we're looking at a couple other dates, uh, elsewhere. If you want us to come to your area, uh, you want to hear me play, hear you speak you and, uh, have some fellowship with uh, a guy only environment, then, uh, reach out to us. Let us know. We'll even contact your church for you. Um, exactly. just let us know what church you'd like us to contact and we'll see if we can start spinning the wheels and See if we can come out to see you. That's awesome. You can send us an email at info at manupgodsway.org uh, for more info on our conferences, but we'd love to do that. We do what's called the Man Up God's Way Experience. It's a three-day uh, event, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, we could do it at your church, or we could do it at a retreat area. Uh, if we do it at your church, we do a Friday, Saturday, and then on Sunday, uh, I typically speak to the women trying to let them know exactly what they expect, what they should expect from their men and what uh, their men could expect from them as well. So uh, make sure that you do that. I've been doing these for 10 years and um, it's been, uh, been a blessing and lives have been changed thanks to God and the power of the Holy Spirit. So we'd love to come to your area uh, hopefully soon. So well, awesome. Thanks for Goza. I appreciate that. Well, tonight we've got a special guest with us. Uh, I'm really excited about this because uh, not only is it um, um, a, a future friend of mine, I can't wait to, to get to know him. He's in the area here in the St. Louis area where we are, uh, but it's a new ministry that we're, we're actually starting in our church, and, uh, and he is all a part of it. So this is David Smith. David, how are you doing, brother? I am doing great, Jody. It is a pleasure to be here, man. Well, man, I'm so glad to have you here. And uh, you are uh, an area director for Johnny and Friends, correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, Why don't you tell us a little bit about Johnny and uh, the ministry itself? Oh, man, my pleasure. Um, Johnny Erickson Tata um, is our founder. And uh, we are called Johnny and Friends because of the way that the ministry was founded. <clears throat> about 40 years ago, Johnny was 17. Well, let's see longer than that now she just turned seven, 73 so i'm not even going to attempt wow. the math but uh <laughs> i'm not going to do the math i'm not a math guy but uh when johnny was 17 she was uh she was swimming uh out east and uh, she dove off a dock and did not see that there was a stump under the water and and went head first into that stump uh as a result of that she became a quadriplegic and uh by her own admission if she could have worked her hands to open uh, a bottle of pills or to use a razor blade, she was so low at one point in her life, she just would have ended it. 
and uh, God sent some some really godly friends along uh, to encourage her. She knew the Lord already, but she was just in the depths of despair. And God used these friends to challenge her uh, with the truth that just because she couldn't use uh, the majority of her body, uh, really from the chest down, that did not mean that God was done with her. And uh, she went through, you know, she went through some struggles, a lot of challenging times in her recovery. Uh, she learned to paint and to draw using just her mouth and uh, holding the instruments with her mouth. Phenomenal, phenomenal artist. But God took all of that to start a ministry 40 years ago. And a little more than 40 years ago now, it was quite literally Johnny and a couple of friends that started this ministry. So Johnny and Friends was born, and the whole purpose for the ministry was to serve people living with disability, just like Johnny was living with disability, um, because of the the depression and the exclusion that was there. And of course, this was all pre um, pre the American with Disabilities Act, and so really, people with disabilities were marginalized in our society. And uh, Johnny had experienced that herself, and she wanted to change and to stem the tide of that. And so that's how Johnny and Friends uh, was started. And that's Johnny Erickson Tata. God has used her over the years. Uh, she was instrumental in helping to see the American with Disability Act um, enacted. In fact, she was in the Oval Office when it was signed, I believe. Um, she has been on radio for over 40 years and done, oh man, I'm probably going to get in trouble if I get this number wrong, but I'm. it's, it's in the... Uh, Plenty of thousands of shows. She's she's done a lot on the radio, and God's used that around the world. So, uh, God continues to grow the ministry, and it's just a it's a real honor and pleasure to be part of it. That is great. I think I heard of her about fifteen years ago. It was the first time that I'd heard yeah. of her. I gave my life to the Lord in two thousand and three, and you know, just tried to you know figure out what Christian Christianity was, and I I lean more toward you know the men stuff and how I could you know yeah. help myself and all this kind of stuff, just trying to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus, and um, you know learning what sanctification is, and just trying to sure. be better in God's eyes today than I was yesterday, and then all of a sudden I realized you know um, man there's so much more to do than work on myself there's a yeah. lot of serving and actually ministry that has to happen as well and not that that's a bad yeah. thing i think everybody should take some time before they jump into ministry is to really figure out what they believe why they believe and sure uh, it was in that moment of my searching of okay what what should i do that i actually i saw i don't remember what it was i saw from her it might have just been a might have been at a conference or a, a, an ad or something. I can't remember what it was, but I was like, oh my goodness. You know, it's sometimes when you listen to stories and yep. I listen, that's what it was. I listened to her testimony and her mm -hmm. talking about, you know, just jumping off that. And then, you know, yep. if her hands would have worked, she would have cut her wrist and taken yep. a pill, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And that's exactly what it was. And I remember going, you know, and I know Johnny would never want anybody to pity her, but I was like, you know, why do I worry about stupid stuff? You know, why am I, yeah. you know, why, is, <laughs> what's wrong with my life? You know, I, yeah. I got, you know, my biggest problem is money problems, you know, and, um, <laughs> you know, the, at that time, you know, it was just kind of like, it was, a, it was a good moment in my life to really look at going, um, you've got to take the proverbial mirror proverbial mirror off yourself and start looking at the other things that are out there because there are so many encouraging people so many people who love jesus that 
you know, for all intents purposes, could really be mad at Jesus, you know, could be sure. really mad at God. And I, I think, uh, and even yeah. in her testimony, she said there was a moment where she, you know, was basically saying, well, if you don't kill me, then show me how to live kind of deal. That's it. That's it. And that, that actually was her, her, her clarion call moment is when she reached out to the Lord and said, look, if you're not, if you're not going to kill me, then teach me how to live. And that's where God said, okay, now you're in that spot where I can use you. Right. Now you're, now you're ready to be molded and shaped. And that's where things just absolutely started to change. And Johnny's not perfect. I mean, she lives with chronic pain. She has horrible, uh, horrible pain all the time and, and right. quads, quads do, and, uh, she'll admit to it. She'll say, Hey, I, I struggle. And every day is a fight just like it is for the rest of us. Right. Exactly. What's amazing is that she's 70, you said 70, 73 last, last Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, wow. 73 last Saturday, which is way past the odds right, yeah, for exactly. how long a quadriplegic got to live. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's it's what I was saying. Yeah, that's, yeah that, quite that, a long what time. A, what a ble- God's got some major plans for her. Not not yeah. that he already hadn't used his plans, but I think he's still got a few more. Yeah, and uh, it's what's amazing to me, Jody, is not only is she a quad, but she's had cancer twice, and God has, has helped oh, her to beat that gosh. cancer twice. Right at the beginning of the pandemic, and nobody likes to talk about the pandemic, but um, she got she and her husband Ken got COVID, and uh, mm-hmm. man, all all of us across the ministry went, "Okay, Lord, we're going to go to our knees because you know just wow. her lung her lung support isn't that great anyway wow. from being a quadriplegic." And God was super merciful to her, and uh, I was just at a conference, uh, our annual directors planning summit is what we call it. It's our our planning conference for next year. And, uh, man, she, she sings, she always apologizes for her voice. And I'm thinking, Lord, if I had a 10th of this woman's talent, it, you know, I could be amazing. And I, I, this, this gal can sing. I don't know where her humility is, but man, she can, she can belt wow. it out with the best of them. So praise God, praise God. Well, that yeah. is awesome. what a, what a great ministry and what a, what a massive reach she has um it is i should say yeah, what god is. has done in and and through the ministries not just through her but you know oh, for very much people so. that have stepped up and uh have found and followed her vision have caught wind of it yeah. and caught, caught the fire and have uh you know just fanned the flames of that um tell, tell us a little bit about the reach that johnny and friends has across the globe <laughs> so i i came to work for johnny and friends i had been familiar with johnny and friends for for a about five or six years before I came to work for him um, and had known of Johnny. There was a movie that was put out. I don't know. I think I was uh, 10 or 11 when the movie came out. And I remember watching it in church growing up as a kid. And um, it, it's, you know, it's a 19 late, late seventies, early eighties quality film. It's still hanging around. You can YouTube it and see it. But so I knew a little bit about Johnny, but uh, when I got here, and began the Lord called me to work for the ministry, I realized that what I knew was really that proverbial tip of the iceberg, that 10%. So right now, uh, domestically, uh, we've got uh, 26 offices similar to mine um, across the country, and I believe we're in 24 states. Uh, And then we are in 34 countries in addition to the United States around the world and we're growing in the next decade we'd like to see that go from 34 to 44 and of course we're on radio Uh, so we've got radio um, shows that are all the time we've got uh, johnny's still doing her podcast 
um, herself. So we've got just all this reach that's going on. We're, so many ministries around the world. Um, our Johnny's House Ministries, our Wheels for the World Ministries domestically. Uh, we've got just tons of like our family retreats, our warrior getaways, our marriage getaways, uh, diving into the lives of people. And then just, of course, all the work that we're doing with the local church to equip the local church really to reach and disciple and love and evangelize people living with disability because they're marginalized way more than we would ever want to consider. Right. right. Wow. That is amazing. You know, it's funny. I've, I've traveled, you know, extensively across the United States and yeah. we have, an out, we have an outpost in Haiti and uh, where we're training 40 pastors to reach their men. Awesome. And, um, you know, I, I, I keep trying to figure out how do how do people, you know, like Johnny and friends, you know, reach the world. Now, granted, she's been doing this for yeah, you know, a few decades, and um, God has just really blessed that. But it's like yeah, it just seems like such a big undertaking, you know, to have it's a huge undertaking. Yeah, to have twenty four locations just in the United States. Yeah, um, to me, like I, I, we've got two locations: one in Seattle, one here. And it's kind of like, oh my God, <laughs> that's enough to manage, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's how, <laughs> how do we, how do we make this? Um, and you know, and again, it's all in God's timing and God's absolutely, plan. absolutely. But I love the thought of you know, and that that's a special ministry, and I, I know it it's is. a special place in God's heart um, too. For I mean, because you look at every story in the Bible, you know, Jesus is, um, you know. Uh, healing the lane, you know, and the friends yeah. are bringing the lane, yeah. you know, and like everything, you know, the guy sitting at the water, or the the healing pools, and Jesus hears, like you just see all of that, and you just understand yeah. that it's really a, a part of His heart, and to see that there is a ministry out there reaching hundreds of thousands of people every year, yeah. and, and really taking care of them. So, the twenty four locations are they all relatively? templates of each other is that kind of is, is the somewhat is the, for, is the format pretty much the same all across the board this is this is the amazing thing about this ministry jody is you know, typically with ministries similar to this you get all these different locations around the country and around the world and they the temptation is for people to go rogue and and they go and they do their own thing uh, johnny and friends while we are not cookie cutters of each other uh, every area ministry has its own flavor, has its own culture. So here in uh, what we call the Missouri area ministry, really my my oversight is from about Springfield, Illinois to Wichita, Kansas. Yeah. So Wichita's got its own culture. Kansas City has its own culture. Of course, St. Louis, we have our own culture. Springfield has its own culture. We even have families and churches that we're starting to work with down in uh, the Northwest Arkansas area and down around Tulsa, and that's right. its own culture. So we respect those cultures even within our small area. But our Mississippi office, our Louisiana office, um, our Knoxville office, Nashville office, Chicago, they all, while we're all on the same mission, we all are on the same vision and we stay unified on that in everything we do. A family retreat in Chicago is going to look different than a family retreat in St. Louis. The basic right. programming is going to be the same. The curriculum might even be the same. Right. But because of the nature of volunteers and the nature of the culture, we're sensitive to that. And so 
um, we we understand that. And we're beginning even now to start reaching into, we, we haven't done a lot of this, but God is moving us in this direction. We're beginning to reach into the urban city centers um, here, especially in St. Louis, East St. Louis. We understand that reaching even into that culture, uh, the, the culture of the urban center is going to look different than a suburban outreach is going to. Right. And so we're, we have the great freedom within our cultural context to minister and to serve and to serve our people. But at the same time, what binds us is our biblical commission, our vision statement, and our mission statement, and that drives everything that we do. And so even around the world, you're going to have an international family retreat in Poland or in Brazil or in El Salvador. There's going to be a lot of similarity to what we do here in the United States domestically, but it's going to have the the flavor of the culture and it's going to be uniquely tailored to reach the people that we're trying to reach in that setting because people are looked at differently. You mentioned Haiti. When we go there on a wheels trip, man, people with disabilities are viewed differently in Haiti than they are here in St. Louis. And we take that into into consideration and we were ministering sensitively to that. So that's kind of what binds us, but it's an amazingly unified ministry we really do they they our senior leadership goes to great lengths to make sure that every staff member is focused on our vision and our mission and we really we call ourselves a lead like jesus ministry which is a servant leadership mm-hmm. model and so every staff member is thoroughly really just thoroughly um immersed in how to lead like jesus and following christ Uh, There's a lot of personal discipleship that goes on even within the staff. Um, So it really is just a phenomenal ministry in that way. And it, it really unifies us in, in one heart and one mind. Right. Praise God. So, so exactly what is the vision of the ministry? I'm glad you asked. So I'm going to, I'm going to take a step back and talk about our biblical commission because you, you mentioned that disability is on the heart of Jesus. And I firmly believe that, you know, uh, globally, uh, we've got about 1 billion people, about 15% of the world's population that live with some form of disability. When wow. you drill down on that, and I've, I've done just for my own edification, I've done the research a little bit. When you drill down on that, um, that statistic seems to hold true no matter how far down in a, in a subcontext you get. So here in the, in the greater St. Louis area, um, across Missouri, and you drill that down to the greater St. Louis area, we're still sitting at about 14 to 15% of the population lives with some form of a disability. Um, so our mm-hmm. biblical commission, and we take it really seriously, we go back to that parable uh, that Jesus was teaching in Luke 14, especially verses 21 and 23, where he says to go out quickly. He says, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town. I mean, he's talking about the city centers. And then later he says, I mean, bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. Then he follows it up. He says, go out quickly again, go out into the country lanes, into into those rural areas and bring them in until my house is full. And what I love about that is that those, those, this is where I'll, I'll geek out on the Greek a little bit here for myself, you know, <laughs> right. um, those, those verbs are not go out one time. They're, they're a continual. You keep going right. out and going out and bringing them in until I tell you to stop. And and what I tell people is Jesus said, you keep doing this until my house is full. Only the master of the house can tell us when the house is full. So we're just right. going to keep working until we're done until he says we're done. So now with that undergirding, Our vision statement is we envision a world where every person living with disability finds hope. That hope can only be found in Christ. 
dignity. That's that's personal dignity, that's spiritual dignity, that's economic dignity, basic human dignity. But the most important part is that they find their place in the body of Christ. Right. And this is where, unfortunately, way too many churches are missing it. You know, it's, hey, a, a ramp here, a handhold here, a special bathroom here. Hey, we're, we're, we're disability friendly. No, oh, yeah. every person, regardless of their ability, if they know Christ is gifted and equipped to serve in the body of Christ. And we want to see every single one of them serving alongside, if I can use a the term, their typically developed peers. Oh, so, I love it. I mean, that's our vision. So that leads us to our mission. Of course, we want to glorify God. And we do that by communicating the gospel, Jody, everything we do, gospel first, gospel Thank first. God. And it, it, we then want to mobilize the church. We used to say we want to equip the church. We we're, we decided to ramp that up a little bit. We're going to right. mobilize the church. Praise we don't God. want to just see churches equipped. We do. We right. want to help push you forward. And we want to mobilize the, the church globally to evangelize to disciple and to serve people living with disability. That's what we're all about. We're not the church. We can't do what God wants the church to do, but if we can equip and mobilize the church to do better what God's called the church to do, then that's exactly what we're here for. That is awesome. Now, I, I, go ahead. I don't, yeah, I don't want to ruin your flow, but I do want to make sure that we uh, share uh, the correct information here. I did find uh, the website, I shared it uh, on the stream. So if you're on the stream right now, you can go back, scroll up at the comments, find the the website for uh, Johnny and friends. I'm seeing you guys are all over. Uh, you got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn. Uh, you even got a Pinterest up there. Uh, so We're the all over, man. Online presence is awesome. <laughs> you personally, I wanted to make sure uh, I gave you a shout out if you had a social um, that you wanted to share. And if not, that's fine too, but I didn't want to miss it. No, I think I'll, my social, I, I use it just for stupid stuff or connecting with family. So I'll just keep <laughs> it like that. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, I mean, I'll, Hey, I, can I just give a little shout out? I, I had a really yeah. monumental weekend this weekend. I actually shared my, my first ever Instagram post. Ooh, there you go. Big man. Wow. It's like 21st century. Dude. <laughs> Congratulations. I think Instagram's shutting down next week. It's they're done. Yeah. <laughs> now that I finally figured out how to do it, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, I think I have six followers. We're good to go. Oh, how funny. Huge. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, we, but no, uh, we, we wanna... we've got a huge social media presence with Johnny and Friends on. So yeah, please follow that social. Yeah, we want to promote you as much as possible. We have eight hundred and seventy-two thousand followers on Facebook. Oh, amen. Uh, we want to help uh, push you as much as possible. So, so uh, you can look awesome. for Johnny and friends on social media, but if you want to follow locally, if they're here in the, just the local St. Louis, greater Missouri, Kansas area, look for Johnny and friends, Missouri. Cause that's the uh, name of go. our, that's what of I our need. local. Yeah. Okay. So Johnny and friends, Missouri, and we definitely use Instagram and Facebook quite a bit. Um, and we kind of do a lot of cross posting with our, our main office too. And, but we post a lot of local stuff. So that's great. So I want to I want to tell the audience, you know, kind of how you and I have uh, kind of been connected is sure. uh, my church has um, has just started within the last uh, few months, a special needs ministry. It's called Sparks uh, at our at our church. And um, uh, that's how you and I got connected. But yeah, the, the longer backstory is, is that. Um, about eight years ago, I was doing a conference, the Man Up Conference in uh, Southern Illinois, and uh, I became 
really good friends with the assistant pastor. And he and I just kind of hit it off, man. He, he took notes on my conference. And next thing you know, I, his wife's calling me asking why she he's tearing the TV out and throwing the DVD players away, <laughs> all of his movies and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, it was just talking and learning to, to get closer to God and, you know, how some of the stuff in your own home was causing, yeah. pain, you know, so anyway, we, we stayed in touch and, um, you know, emails and a call every now and then he was the assistant pastor or associate pastor at the time. And, um, you know, things just, you know, he'd call and, you know, just having a pastor buddy to, to chat with. And sure. so a few years later, I think it was about 2018, 2019, I, I finished preaching and I looked back in the back and he is literally sitting in the back of the, the church. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. What are you doing here? And he goes, man, I just moved here. And I found your church. And so I was like, you got to get me. Well, he has a son who has, it's called Dravet is what it's called. And it's an epileptic issue. It's a brain seizure. I mean, he's constantly having seizures and it's a, it's a yeah, very yeah. rare disease. And, um, and it was just, he, 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 you know, he comes in in a wheelchair and, uh, they needed to get closer to, um, the children's hospital here in St. Louis. It was one of the only Dravet doctors around and you know god just really moved and maneuvered them here well uh fast forward to you know the, uh, the last year or so he ends up becoming one of my elders and uh eventually uh we call him to be the assistant pastor here at our mm -hmm. church and so his son uh is a is a special needs kid and you know he we love him and i love what you said a while ago is um you know it's really the mission of the church to get involved with the thing i i would encourage anybody listening right now anywhere in the united states if you're a part of a church you really need to listen to this podcast and think about getting a special needs ministry in Absolutely. your church because David said it perfectly. It's a lot more than just having uh, a, a bar in the uh, in the bathroom and a door mm. wide enough and ramp and all of that. Yeah, it's yeah. so much more because what we have found out just in the last three months of implementing this ministry is that there are people in the community that do not go to church because their children has either been shunned or Absolutely. doesn't have a place to go, or nobody knows how to take care of them. And so yeah. our little boy, Noah, and again, I love what you said a while ago about getting them implemented and in, in associated with the church, the church body, so they can actually learn to serve yeah, uh, and not just yeah. sit, you know, because there's so many things that they can possibly do. And so little Noah doesn't talk much, but one thing, one thing he does say is he says, hi, every time somebody walks in the room. There so you go. Guess where we put him? We put him at the front door. Oh, and perfect. So when when he when everybody that's walks perfect. In, hi, legit. Hi, <laughs> hi. You know, it's just it's a sweet little thing. And so and he's probably loving that, right? Oh my that's, god, that's I bet. He's yeah. like, hey, hey, I know how to do that one. He is just, that's he's cool. Loving it. He's that's high dope. fiving, and you know, oh, and, uh, he's just he's just a sweet kid. Got a great in the oh, family. Awesome. Like it literally takes the whole family to uh, raise him. Uh, sure. Honor. Sure. They've got two children, um, two older children and, you know, the mom, I mean, they're just worn out from, from taking care of them. So the respite, just a small little respite of a couple hours that we can yeah. give when they come to church is, is massive. And so 
Uh, I'm in the process of building a new office uh, upstairs away from everybody. We've got a little upstairs area here and giving them our, my downstairs office. That was, I, I, I put it there because it was accessible to everybody who walked into the church and they could come, you know, but you know, as we started visioning this out, like that's the exact place we need to have our special needs ministry. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, we are really excited about what we're doing here and, you know, one of the things cool. that uh, uh, one of the things that I've noticed really quick, and as you could imagine, uh, the church that I pastor, we we push heavily that men are to lead spiritually and uh, lead their home and to be involved and to encourage their wife and wash her with the water of the word and teach their kids to be godly and be different in the school system. And, you know, all of those kind of things that they yeah. are literally to be the umbrella, the protector, the provider of their family. Uh, and we have a relatively large male audience on unlike most churches uh, matter of fact we're yeah. probably statistically i know we are we're larger than majority of the other churches uh, that are out there when it comes to male um attendance and so but one of the things that we have noticed is in this ministry is that it's very women very heavily women led yep. and um yeah. and and one of the things that i want to talk to you about is I don't know if you have a program or if this is an encouragement to you guys um, that you encourage churches to to really push their men and be motivated to help out in these ministries. What what is it that you see when it comes to men stepping stepping up into this? And what would you suggest that churches do to get their men involved in a special needs ministry? Man, Jody, you have you've hit a topic that I think. Um we need to dive more into honestly <laughs> um <laughs> i mean and when i say we i mean not maybe only the johnny church that, i mean johnny that, and friends yeah. needs to dive maybe a little more specifically into this a right. uh, little bit of personal background about me that uh, that would under help you understand this a little bit uh my wife and i've been married while wow, this coming june next june will be 30 years and uh i was a crater cradle robber you know she was like two <laughs> uh but we, we've been together for 35 years and and uh you know dating for 35 years and married for 30 of those uh but god uh 15 years ago well more than that now my son's going to be 16 my oldest will be 16 in january so it was probably 17 and a half almost 18 years ago now the lord really put it on our heart we've been trying to have kids and he just never, never blessed for my wife to get pregnant. And uh, God called us to the ministry of adoption. And we have adopted three beautiful, beautiful children. And uh, they are uh, 12, 13, and soon to be 16. So pray for me. I need it a lot. Uh, wow. I got three teenagers in the house, but all three of those kids, just simply because of their backgrounds, all of them live with special needs. Right. Um, so we've got three wow. special needs kids in the house. Uh, my youngest oh, lives wow. on the on the autism spectrum. Uh, my baby girl, my middle one, I call her the rose between two thorns. She's the, the girl between the boys. Um, she lives she with severe middle child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely a middle kid. And it doesn't help that she's got a, you know, pretty severe ADHD and oppositional defiant disorder and executive function delay. I mean, God, God has just allowed her brain, um, uh, because of her background before we got her. Uh, to just she's wired differently and she's she's right. beautiful and she loves the lord and she's a firecracker but um it presents its challenges and, uh, and then my oldest uh my oldest was actually born um 14 and a half weeks early he was a really really micro preemie 
Um, won't bore you with all the details, but he's got a visual deficit and some sensory processing issues, and he's got uh, uh, he's on his third congenital heart defect. The most recent is is not a repairable one, surgically or medically, but um, loves the Lord and brilliant kid, smarter than I could ever hope to be. Very but nice. I say all that to say this: at, at um, after we got my youngest son, the Lord blessed us with Leon. Um, he was nine months old, and the other two we got him at birth. And when we got Leon he did not respond well to women at at all uh, there had been some abuse in that early nine months he did not respond well to women so he did not respond well to my wife um, he didn't want to be held by her he didn't want her to take care of him which you know what that did to a to a mom who wants right, to exactly. love love a kid yeah. but uh, i was i was pastoring at the time um, i'd been pastoring for quite a few years and uh, just felt the lord was moving me away from the current church that I was at. The church was doing well. It was growing. Things were doing well. But I just had this nagging sense that God was saying, it's time for you to move on. It's time for somebody else to lead these people. So we'd been praying about it for about a year. And then we got our son and things began to, to really amp up. And uh, he got his autism diagnosis. Uh, right before he was three, he received his autism diagnosis. And that's when the Lord confirmed, it's time for you to step away. And so we, wow. I, I stepped away from the ministry full time and I thought eh, a couple of months, the Lord will open up another church. Yeah. We'll just bing, bang, boom. We'll be, <laughs> we'll hit the ground running. Uh, that was about two and a half, almost three years <laughs> that I was out wow. of the ministry, but it was good because I became, and I, I despise the term Mr. Mom, uh, right. but I, be, I became the stay at home dad. I became the Mr. Mom to these three kids living with special needs. And I started, ended up having to take my son to my youngest son was, was four to six therapy sessions a week. My baby girl was doing a couple of therapy sessions a week. My oldest was going to a special needs preschool. And I had to step into that, especially with my youngest in a way that mom couldn't, because though we got him at nine months and it had been a couple of years, he still wasn't responding to mom very well. Right. He needed, he needed dad to be there. And for a lot of guys, that's hard to do. And, right. and, you know, the, the divorce rate in America is, is depending on which statistic you look at, it's between 40 and 50%, depending on where, right. you know, which statistic you go to for special needs families, depending on the situation. And in all honesty, sometimes it's no different than the national average, but I'll give you a, just kind of a case in point. We live with ADHD in our household. Right. For couples that struggle with a child with ADHD, if it's left untreated, it's left undealt with, the divorce rate spikes at, at, at any given point while that child is living at home. The divorce rate can spike. It can, can go up to 60, 70, or even higher percentage, uh, depending on the situation. Uh, for families where a child is diagnosed with Down syndrome, in the first two years, usually, of that of that child's life, the divorce rate goes up to better than 70%, close to 80%. Generally, after two years, it mitigates back down to about 40% because you kind of have some things under control at that right. point. So it ebbs and it flows. But what we can say is that generally in special needs families, the divorce rate is generally higher because the stress rate is higher. Right. And what I've found in ministry, and I, I'm pretty sure you have too, men men generally want to step back and let our wives just take care of the kids. 
Oh yeah. Um, yeah, that's what we want to do. Hey, you know, honey, yeah. that's, that's kind of your role. That's kind of your job. And in special needs families, it, it definitely mm-hmm. takes all hands on deck and that's it really funny. does. Funny as you say that this weekend, our ladies had a retreat. And so all the ladies were gone. Yeah. 60 something ladies gone from the church. And um, <laughs> we had about 20 guys that didn't show up with their kids because they couldn't handle it. Yeah, and, and my first thought was McDonald's did a lot of business this weekend is my that, first thought, yeah. you know, they probably called mom in and mother-in-law and everybody. To help probably. Them. Yeah. No, but we, uh, you know, we need men are- to step in. Yes, you're exactly right. Our stories are very yeah. similar because I have four adopted children as well. Oh, praise the Lord. And, um, they have uh, uh, 21, 20, and twin uh, 11-year-olds. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a blood. That's a whole nother podcast we could talk about. Just, yeah. you know, how the church really <laughs> needs to step up and, Amen. Uh, you know, make that a part of, you know, taking care of the widows and the orphans. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Mentality. But it does cause you're, you're exactly right. It does cause, um, unforeseen stress. It does. Uh, we, we have a down syndrome kid. Uh, he's my buddy. I love him to death. His, his Isaac is his name. And, um, his, his dad is, uh, an elder and the couple is, uh, actually the, uh, the youth leaders, but he's, uh, he's either 13 or 14. And, um, uh, he, he's, they have done a great job with him. You know, they've Good. got him. They got him all the help that they could possibly get. And, you know, and I think that's, that's another problem. A lot of times with disabled, you know, families is they just don't know where to go to get all the help. And they don't, you have to do some major, major research, but, um, yeah, little story about Isaac is, uh, he keeps every Sunday he wants to preach. You know, he he comes to my office and he's like, I got I got a sermon this week. He actually, he told me he wanted to be an author. So I'm supposed to help him uh, write a book, but, um, okay. Uh, I told him I would, I keep giving him homework and he doesn't come back with his homework. So we, we <laughs> but, uh, made the mistake not too long ago. <clears throat> he, they, uh, they went to a youth conference during the summer and, uh, out in Kansas, uh, Kansas city. And uh, all the kids came back and gave a testimony. Well, the, the week that the, uh, the kids came back and gave a testimony, Isaac wasn't there. So he kept mm. trying to, you know, get me to, I just, let me share my testimony. Let me share my testimony. Yeah. I was like, Hey, all right, you know, be ready next week and I'm going to give it to you. And something came up during the week and it was really, really busy. Like I'm, I, I, it was just one of those days where it was like, we had 5,000 announcements and we had to talk yeah. about a little bit of this. And like my sermon was double long, you know, it was longer than I, you know, <laughs> all of that. And yeah, I, I was like, and, and I was like, Isaac, I can't do it this week. And you could just see his soul just walk out of his body and like just yep. left it for dead right there. And I was like, all right, Isaac. Okay. I'll give you two minutes, but I'm holding the mic and I'm going to let you get up there and I'm going to let you tell your testimony. (laughs) So (laughs) he gets up there, he gets up there and it's the funniest thing. He's like, God really did a work on me. And, uh, I've been playing with myself way too much. And so God told me not to. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking live stream in front of the audience. (laughs) I said, well, you guys, I'm an authentic and uh, honest pastor. And, um, you know, I tell you my ups and downs, I don't know, normally go into that great detail, but man, we, can't fault the, we can't fault the kid. For, no. <laughs> and said, and he's more honest than half the people <laughs> exactly. in the church. You're all wicked. But yeah, it was uh, Oh my gosh. The church just died laughing. But yeah. Uh, and as his parents are trying to 
crawl out from it's under crawl. the seat. Oh, yeah. Well, what's what's cool is they love they love him to death. You know, Good. He's, oh yeah. He, he's spoiled rotten, and uh, you know they've done a really good job. But you know just telling that story you know th those are the good times and uh yeah. behind, behind the scenes there's so many bad times you know there are. as far yeah. as an, uh, um down syndrome kid this kid is top of the line as far as yeah like, you know as far as on the spectrum you know he's smart he can read he's he's capable of taking care of himself pretty yeah. well and all that kind yeah. of stuff but you know behind the scenes I, i've watched them i've watched this kid grow up and uh, sure you know, I know there's struggles and there's issues that don't that, that yeah. come to marriage. And, and my assistant pastor, you know, I mean, he's he's a great one of the godliest guys that I know. And man, a great father. And, you know, there are days they're just like they're so tired and so. Stressed, oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, all of that kind of stuff. And so I, I, I get where you're coming from, you know, especially with having three kids that, you know, um, yeah you know, that you're having to deal with too. And then yeah. in a ministry that you're trying to, you know, promote to the churches. I mean, you've got a, Absolutely. You've got a great testimony and a great understanding of that. And I appreciate that. And, and I will, I will put you on my prayer list too. As, as oh, well please as do. Because, <laughs> you know, unfortunately for couples who, you know, especially even in the church that can't have kids. Yeah. You know, ideally they want a brand new baby. Um, yep. They want some, you know, guarantee that, there's nothing going to be wrong with it. And yet yeah. all the while there's, there's thousands of kids sitting in, you know, shelters, mm -hmm. foster homes that are, are special needs that nobody yeah. will, will adopt. And um, well, yeah. we've talked about, I mean, we've had a couple of different guests on the show. This is, this is one of the largest, you know, tragedies of today's modern church. Mm. Uh, mm -hmm. I think the math on this that we figured out last time, it was probably about a year ago, maybe, right. 30 episodes ago, we did this. If every church adopted, uh, it was like 2.5 kids. 2.5 kids that would take care of all 2.5 kids. Yeah, all, yeah, yeah, you'd, all you'd empty it. It's yeah, just yeah. done. Um, yeah, foster care system wouldn't be needed. Yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. the churches. That's not church people. Yeah, so yeah, you know, that's just the churches in general, of just the yeah. churches. And I know there's a lot of red tape that comes uh, with adoption. Sure, sure. I mean, you both of you know that all too well. <laughs> yeah, there's a yeah. dollar amount that comes with adoption, but what greater cause um, than that to do so? Well, absolutely. And you know, you you talked about it. There are so many kids. Uh, you know, we got we got our kids, and uh, when we when the Lord blessed us with number one, <laughs> we were so green we didn't know what we were doing. And uh, we we got the call from we were adopting privately through a, a private Christian adoption agency in Arizona. We got the call and they said, "Hey, there's this little boy who's just born at the hospital two days ago. He's a little early, a little early, fourteen and a half weeks early." <laughs> and uh, I mean, I, wow. I, it's just there. There's a lot that goes into that. And I know we're not talking right. just about adoption tonight, but um, man, you know, you go, "Okay, Lord, now what?" And we were given some really great advice before we ever launched into this. And I think it's something that applies to what we do with men um, in this context, because the original question was talking about men and, and disability. Right. We have to, as as dads, and, and I've had to go through it, you have to grieve the child you're never going to have. 
Yeah. And, and I, mm. I look at, you know, I look at my oldest son, man, he was born at two pounds, five ounces, 13 and a half inches long. He's my wife called, calls him a half bag of sugar. He's, <laughs> he's 15 and a half years old. And this is what God's done. He's 15 and a half years old. He's six foot tall. Oh, he's my 200 pounds. And he wears a size 13 and a half shoe. You're having to he's, rob a bank once a week, aren't you? Oh, man. I, we're eating dinner tonight. I said, you got to stop. He said, but dad, I'm still hungry. I said, but I can't afford to make you more food. You got to stop. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's like this kid could be a linebacker, but yet with his, with his visual disability, with his heart conditions, with it, that's not going to happen. Right. You know, that that's not going to happen. And so you, you grieve the child that you're never going to have. Right. And then you let the Lord say, but this is the child that I've given you. And it's so much better if you would just invest. Right. If you mm-hmm. just get invested in your yeah. child, it's so much better than what you could ever have imagined. Because this six foot tall giant moose of a kid that I have, I, I, I like, I used to like to think I was a smart guy. Um, man, at 15 years old, this kid will come up to me and he loves, he loves ancient history. I like history. He'll say, dad, right. have you ever read about, and then bing, 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 bing. And I'll go, yeah, I remember reading about this one. And he starts snapping off dates and this, and I'm like, okay, we're done. And he's good at math and he's good. It's if when it comes to smarts this kid's got it in spades right so okay but you just you just have to invest and we need more men really to get off the bench and get more involved with their families because if with special needs families the stress level is so high uh, at times um you know we have an enemy that especially as men wants to go hey It'd be, it'd be better on your family. If you weren't there, you can't handle right. this. It'd be better if you were disengaged or why don't you just work a little more because the bills are a little bit higher. Right. Okay. Hey, let, let's invest in our family because the, the best legacy you could leave is a godly family. So get off the bench and get involved with your wife and with your family and, and lead the way God wants you to lead. It doesn't matter what your kid's ability or disability is; it's going to make a difference. Right. And you can see you can see that in this young man you were just talking about. I mean, hey, kudos to those parents that that they did it and that they they're putting in the hard work because it's paying off. Right, right, yeah. It's a it's a struggle. So yeah, um, you know, one of the things that we teach especially here at Man Up God's Ways, you know, the first ministry that you have that you need to focus on is your family. Yeah. Um, if you can't prove the potential ministry that God has for you through your family, then you don't need to step into that. And, um, you know, getting the guys engaged with the relationship with Jesus, making sure that they're reading no. their Bible, praying and repenting and having this, this disciplines in their lives so they can grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. And then pouring into their wives where they're, yeah. Uh, this one uh, flesh, you know, because, you know, too many men and matter of fact, too many women have this backwards is where, you know, they're relatively good parents. Uh, mm-hmm. They take care of their good. And I'm not saying they're bad parents. I'm just saying they're, yeah. they're really they, and they can be even really good parents and really crappy husband and wife. Absolutely. And then, you know, 20, 25 years from now, when your kids are gone and you're sitting across the breakfast table with the spouse, <laughs> you're like, I don't even know you. Yeah. And, I don't know if you've seen the statistics for empty nester 
divorce rates. Uh, they're off the charts. They're yeah. in the high 60s. Especially yeah, that's now. crazy. I, I feel like it's getting worse worse now because before, you know, when you were empty nesters, you didn't have uh, the temptation of social media and online dating apps. Oh, and, sure. You know, the grass yeah. is greener and this this new, you know, enclave of of uh, women who are perfectly fine, you know, dating someone who's a little bit older than them. It's just like a new, it's a new dating scene completely. Yeah. And so it's not going to get better. No, uh, it's only no, going to get worse. No. You're right. Yeah. And so as we, as we teach them those things, the idea is that, you know, their whole family comes up and they're, mm -hmm. you know, really the deacons of the church. That's what we want. We want the whole sure. family to be the deacons, the servants of the church, the Absolutely. ones that are taking care of everyone. And, yeah. um, you know, as, as we do that, we encourage, especially at our church and through Man, uh, Man Up God's Way, we encourage them to get involved in the ministry of whatever, whether it's, you know, cleaning up the parking lot or, sure. you know, chairs, uh, um, you know, serving in children's ministry or the men's ministry or some sort of ministry. Unfortunately, what happens with a lot of guys is that they they come in, you know, and I wouldn't say it's all guys. There's a certain 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 uh, character of a guy that comes in thinking that they need to be the next elder or the next pastor. Yeah. Uh, when they, you know, it's, and that's the way that I view potential elders that when God calls one, you know, were they serving without being asked? Did they go, grab, yeah. did they go grab the garbage cans out of the bathrooms? Did they, you know, go outside with an umbrella while everybody's, you know, pulling in the, the parking lot with the rain coming down. Sure. Those little things. And so that's where I, I really look at a lot of times, you know, men, men need to step up in those areas. And so mm -hmm. how, what would you encourage or how would you encourage the men that are listening right now, especially with, you know, this ministry is, it's not an easy ministry, the, dis no, you know, no. the disability ministry, how, how would you encourage them? Uh, what steps would they, should they take? And, um, you know, maybe to, to even look at, uh, starting a ministry within their own church. Well, that's, uh, it's imperative that men get involved in the ministry. So, uh, if your church already has a disability ministry, like you mentioned a little bit ago, Jody, I will guarantee you the overwhelming majority of the volunteers in that disability ministry are going to be female. Right. Um, and, and I don't know if that's just the way God has wired women to be maybe a little bit more nurturing than, than we are. Right. And so they gravitate toward that. I think a lot of it is, is just um, because so many churches, when they start their disability ministry, and it's not a bad thing. Um, they generally start with, the highest pressing need and the highest pressing need is generally children's ministry. Right. And I think traditionally in church, we view children's ministry volunteers and women as synonymous, mm -hmm. but man, it, you got a buddy ministry in your church. You, you got a one-on-one -on -one buddy ministry where, you know, a kid with a disability with special, special needs or an adult with special needs is coming to church right. and they need that one-on-one -on -one buddy what what greater impact than just being someone's friend well what's special you know I, i'm not a special ed teacher i don't have any special training can you can you just hang with a kid for an hour right. can you, you just keep them right. you know where they're not gonna 
you know, they're maybe if they need a little help here, a little help there, you could do that. That's great. But basically just be their buddy, be their friend so that mom and dad can go get under the sound of the word or enjoy the, the worship or connect to God through the, the preaching of the word or maybe a small group. You can Amen. be helping their kid. Just be a friend. And you grow. That's all it really takes. Right. You grow a lot in that. Um, oh, my man. First, yeah, my first experience here in Missouri was with Camp Barnabas. Yeah, uh, sure. Um, and our church, uh, I was living in California at the time. Vinewood Community Church came out and uh, we were just a part, you know, serving. Yeah. And you've been Is in that a, Joe White's? Joe White's ministry? City. Oh, you know what? I'm not, sure who, I'm not sure who, who actually Barnabas. runs it. Um, but I do know that that time spent one week um, literally caring for someone who is special needs, um, it changes your perspective on yeah. um, capacity to serve. Yes. Because, because just the little serving of like, okay, I'm going to take out the trash and I'm going to do this. I mean, my camper, God bless him. Um, he needed to be, you know, bathed. Uh, he needed yeah. to, you know, help shave, mm -hmm. help clothe, sure. help the bathroom, help shower, um, help eat, help walk, help like all, like all this. And you realize how capable you are and, um, and you, you realize a new capacity, uh, yeah. to be humbled and serve, um, and even, you know, having to communicate with someone who has special needs yes. and the different yeah. ways to do that. Um, we will be so blessed as a church body if we can, because it really is just spending time with someone who has special it needs is. that will yeah. open your eyes to that. Um, yeah. it, it's just, it's earth shattering. It's yeah. world shattering for, you know, your perspective. Blessing, blessings aren't about give, getting, they're about giving. Absolutely. That when you're serving, oh my gosh, it's so much more of a blessing than it is when yeah. you're just being served too. I'm not saying that you don't need it every now and then, but the idea is that we become self selfless instead of selfish. And um, you know, like even with the, you know the kids that we have, um, uh, and again, we're just we're just beginning our ministry, and um, it is uh, it has already been a blessing for the families. We've got uh, again, we've got a um uh, a, a young child with Dravet's, which is a, a rare disease that's mm -hmm. got him in a wheelchair and then we have a down syndrome kid and um you know we, he's he's getting involved and i uh, love seeing that and then you know we're finding out that even um some of our kids that are on the autism spectrum mm -hmm. that uh, are now getting in that can actually help as well and yeah you know one thing that i've noticed especially you know that the reason I want our men involved is because number one, uh, they need to be involved. Number two, there's a lot of lifting and maneuvering. There is some of these kids yeah. that you know, just having a strong back uh, yeah. and a weak mind. You know, they can get <laughs> get, get uh, and help with these kids. Is That's it. A lot more too. So, um, if any of my guys are listening, just so you know, we're getting ready to jump all over this. Um, <laughs> Good for you. Do it again. But. Um, you know, that's one of the things that, um, you know, for, for you guys, um, I, you know, you, you said it yourself, maybe it's something that maybe you guys need to dive into a little bit deeper, but what is your experience? Is, is it what I'm telling? Is that, is it kind of my guess? Absolutely. That, no. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. We need, we need men 
to be involved in this ministry. So at Johnny and Friends, there's, you know, we, we like to tell people we're not the church. We don't want to take the place of the church in any way, shape or form. Right. Um, but we want to help the church. So there are some things that we do really, really well that the, that the church, that most church is, I will say, um, just don't have the, the capacity or the bandwidth or even the desire to do. So one of our cornerstone ministries is family retreat. So, right. Camp Barnabas, for example, does a phenomenal job working with the individuals with disabilities. Um, one of the things that Johnny and Friends does that's just a hallmark to us is we have family retreats where we are serving the entire family, uh, whether that's the siblings, the parents, single parents, the individuals living with disabilities, families living with disabilities. They come to our retreat centers, um, and ours is right here in Lake of the Ozarks, so kind of smack dab in the middle of the state almost. Um, and and we look we we look for families that need this respite. They need the connection, and we we'd rely on volunteers to make that happen. So my office, right. including myself, is a staff currently of three. Three people cannot serve twenty five families living with disability. It's just not possible. Right. So we we need volunteers and every individual living with a disability gets a one-on-one -on -one buddy and you're right sometimes they have to be moved they've got to go from wheelchair to chair they've got to move from point a to point b and we need those those men to do that because it can be difficult otherwise um, we have logistic needs that throughout the the week of retreat that have those needs um we we need people that are going to work with siblings. I mean, siblings right. generally we we call them glass children uh, because they look they look really good most of the time, but they're super super fragile because in most families living with disability, the typically developed sibling doesn't get the attention that the disabled sibling gets, right. and so there's bitterness sometimes. There's just a fragility of emotions because they themselves are so invested in their sibling that their needs go on the back burner. And right. without, I mean, men can come along and you go, well, I, I don't know if I'm comfortable working with a person living with disability. Well, I'd love to push you out of your comfort zone and, and help you with that. Um, but man, you can work with our siblings. We have, we, oh, we divide men's good. and women's groups. Right. And so we've got a really strong men's group that goes and, uh, all week, these men were our retreat pastor and our men, our male leaders were diving into these men and we're looking that they're living this, this life and it's okay. Where are you? What are you struggling with? What can we help you with? How can we help wow. you be the man that God wants you to be? And then the women are doing that. So let me tell you a story about a young man from this year. So, um, I went over to Christian Campus House on Mizzou's campus um, earlier this year to do some recruiting for volunteers. And uh, we had one young man out of that actually come and serve. And uh, this kid, he was coming. And by the way, all of our volunteers, they don't just come and we go, okay, you're paired up with Joe. You're paired up with Susie. Now go about your business. No, we spend an entire day, all day, intensively training you how to work with people living with disabilities. Right. So we're going to train you on disability etiquette, on on everything that you need, and then we have a team of leaders there to support you through the whole thing. This young man in training, I happened to, he was sitting right down front. I mean, this kid was sharp, right? Sharp dressed kid, nice haircut. I mean, it just really good. And I was talking to him later, and I said, "Buddy, um, you, you're your dad military. You you got military background in your family." <laughs> 
And it was always yes or no, sir. You know, and he goes, he goes, uh, no, sir. My, my dad's not military. I said, where, where's the connection here? He said, well, sir, I'm, I'm military. I said, Marine, Marine Corps. And he goes, absolutely, sir. Have you served? I said, no, I didn't have the privilege of serving. Well, then how did you know? I said, because every time we stood up, you were at parade rest, man. (laughs) He was, he was standing at parade rest and we kind of laughed about it. And, and he's, he's going through school in Mizzou. And when he gets done, he wants to go into the Marine Corps. And I said, well, what do you want to do in the Corps? And he said, I want to be infantry. He goes, I want to be boots on the ground. I'm like, okay, why, why is serving here? Cause we'd like to know why. Right. And uh, one of the big things we, we really train these young people in these, and uh, we get volunteers of all ages. We want them to take what they experience and we don't want it to be just a one week, one time experience. We want them to take it back to their church, right. impact their church, impact their community, and then bring others with them so that we can broaden that impact. And I looked at this, this young man and uh, sharp, I mean, he's got a lot on the ball. And I said, what, what do you want out of this week? He goes, I just want to serve. I said, okay. You know, not always in disability ministry, just things, things don't always go smoothly. Right, exactly. It's it's just wait for the wind to change. Something's going to happen. And he had a a camper. uh, He had a a young, young man. Um, There was a disconnect with them Mm. and uh, it, it, they disconnected. And it was just the nature of the disability and the nature of personalities. And there was nothing wrong with it. And so we were able to sit down with this young man, the buddy, and just kind of process through and how can you connect with this, you know, with your camper and how can you make that work? And, and a couple of days later, I said, how's it going? He goes, it's, it's better, but God's really stretching me. I said, okay. So at the end of the week, we debrief with all of our volunteers and I debrief with this young man. I said, so what has God done for you this week? And he said, Dave, God has taken me way past my comfort zone. Wow. He, we hit, we hit the edge of my comfort zone on day one and God just shoved me right past it. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay. Awesome. I said, man, what are you going to do with this now? He goes that out. Cause I'm not, he goes, I know I'm not going to be the same, but I don't know exactly what God's going to do with this experience. But I do know he stretched me through this and I won't ever be the same. And man, you want to, you want to impact your church. You want to impact your family. You want to impact your community, get involved in disability ministry. You will never be the same because I guarantee you God's going to stretch you, but we need men to do this. We cannot just let this be something where we don't have men of God investing in families. You, you have no idea as a man what you, the impact you could be having on a dad of kids with special needs just to have a friend, you know, I think you said it best. You said, we need men um, getting involved with families. And and the irony of that is, is that is, that's actually just church. It is, isn't it? You know, if, we, if we were actually, church, we wouldn't need a separate ministry for this. You would just have someone in church yeah. who yeah. has a child who has a disability right. and they would naturally mm-hmm. just be a part of your life as well, because the person in church would naturally be a part of your life as well. Um, one of the things that I've consciously been trying to do over the last three or four months is, you know, pick three or four families that maybe I don't have great relationships with um, already. 
uh, in my church and start building, like consciously building those like, Hey, we're going to have dinner once a month. Um, and we're going to, we're going to make this happen. Um, not because we're doing anything special or out of the ordinary because that's church. That's what we should be doing. And, uh, I think if we had more of that approach, um, I guess the goal of the church should be to put you out of business. Amen, brother. Doing this, it's it's frustrating, you know. As believers, especially people who are in ministry, we hear about these yeah. ministries for things that you're like, man, this is an amazing ministry. Every church should be doing this. Why does it even have to be said? Like, yeah. why why do they have to do this? I'm so grateful for Set. individuals like yourself and ministries like this that are speaking up on the blind spots in the church. And we have so many, unfortunately, unfortunately, a yeah. huge one. Um, and an, it easy, is. and an easy step into for men of the church to do, um, because whatever your comfort level is, like you said, you can, you can grow that comfort level, but you know, it doesn't have to be directly with that special needs child that can yeah. be with the family members, the whole family. Love it. Right, man. I love the fact that you brought that up for Goza. Cause honestly it, that, that's exactly what we proclaim at Johnny and Friends. First um, Corinthians twelve. You know, you look at First Corinthians twelve, and Paul goes to great lengths to say that the weakest part of the body should be the part of the body that we value the most, and that every single part of the body of Christ is necessary for the body be, to be healthy. And so, one of the things that we do at Johnny and Friends is in the process of what we call culture change, and it goes really kind of a five-step process it's more like a a growth process that goes from this position of ignorance where hey we see the need we just don't know anything about it or we don't know what to do i think we just lost him we might have lost him Um, it's 12 oh you're back we lost you for a split second oh so sorry about that so where'd you lose me good question it's about 20 (laughs) seconds ago but that's okay I think my internet just got spotty for a second. Is that better? Okay. Well, we yeah, got that, we got we go. the Bible verse. Okay. Um, and then from there, it was spotty yeah. after the Bible verse. All right. We got so it. after First Corinthians twelve, yes. right? Exactly. Let, no, let's start from there. There we go. Perfect. Well, I I I'm happy to talk, so no problem. Okay. Um, so yeah, First Corinthians twelve should be our model, and we we like to walk churches through uh, what we call a culture change process. And the culture change process starts with ignorance. A church looks at us and says, hey, we see the need. We just don't know what to do about it. And so we walk you through this process of growth and we walk you through this process of change. And it does take time and it's hard work. And as the church is growing, though, friendships are made and those friendships become natural between families and individuals living with disability. And and I, I dislike the term, but typically developed individuals. And finally, a church gets to the point where 1 Corinthians 12, the least of these are honored and every part of the body is serving and serving each other. That's what we call fully welcoming. And that's just the church being the church. Right. And honestly, churches get to that point and And we as a ministry aren't nearly as, as needed. So I, I tell my, tell my ministry relations manager, I said, look, when you're working with a church and they say, Johnny and friends, we want you to come in and teach us how to do respite. And we partner with that church and we support the church and we help you learn how to do respite and you really embrace it and you're growing in it and you've got it down, man, we're not necessary anymore. 
So, okay, let's, let's move over here and help the next church that needs to learn that. And eventually our goal is to work ourselves right out of a job and to let the That's church awesome. be the church. And for goes, I love what you said, man, the more friendships we can just make, you're impacting families um, in ways far beyond what you could ever hope or imagine. That's great. Yeah. So how many families would you say right now that Johnny and friends is um, overseeing? Um, wow. Involved with, I meant on a, on had, a national scale or here, here just, more just locally, here in Missouri, just here in Missouri. Oh man. In, in Missouri. Well, we had family retreat this year had just this year had 20 families. Um, we actually had 27 registered to come, but we had seven because of illness and some other things that couldn't. But if we, if we all, if we, you know, from can from Wichita and Kansas city and St. Louis and all parts in between, um, you probably, you probably have over a hundred families that are affiliated with us in one form, one way, shape or another, or more. Mm -hmm. I actually haven't taken the time to sit down. That would be a fun thing to do. Just take the time, sit down and count how many families we're actually working with. Right. So, Wow. Yeah. So what, what would you say for people listening that uh, are involved in church? Maybe they're in leadership, maybe they're the pastor, maybe they're just, they feel like a calling that's on their life. And um, maybe they, they, they know of a couple of, of children or adults um, that, uh, that have a disability in their church. What would sure. be the first steps for them to really get engaged in this type of ministry uh, in and through their local church? What would you say the first steps would be? If you're, if you're a family living with disability and you're looking at your church saying, man, this, this is my church. I love it. I wish they would do X, Y, or Z. Go have a conversation with your leadership. Um, now, Jody, you, you understand this. I, I was a pastor for 28 years before God called me to Johnny and friends and people would come into my office and you'd sit down and you'd smile and you'd lovingly listen. And in the back of your mind, you're thinking, how much is this going to cost me? Right. Cause or it's they gonna... go, they'll say, Oh, you ought to do this. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I, I tell people and I tell pastor friends, look, it's going to cost you one way or the other. It's going to cost you in money, right. time, space, energy it's it's gonna cost and pastors unfortunately because of our all of those things are limited resources we have to right. evaluate but as a family start the conversation and it's not a conversation of you need to do this it's a conversation of these are our needs and we want to be a deeper part of this ministry but maybe this need or that need is is really a roadblock to us getting more deeply involved in other ways. And we need help right. in this area. So don't be ashamed of saying, I need help. If you're someone that sees the need and you're saying, Hey, I want my church to do this. And I'm, I'm really fired up. And like you said, even at your church, leaders get fired up about this topic. And we love it when leaders get fired up, but we, we try to teach them how to talk to their senior pastor so that their fire does not consume him. Right. Um, but, uh, we want you to stay fired up, but we want you to start the process and the process really for a church is what are the needs within our own body? And right. so we have tools to help you with that, to help find out what are the needs in your own body and then listen 
to your families. Listen to your people. What are their needs? They might be physical barriers. They might be emotional barriers. They might be spiritual barriers, fights they're they're having, they're wrestling within their own family that are keeping them from engaging with the body of Christ because of disability that you can help with. So listen to the needs and then create a plan. Mm. And pray and and this whole thing from top to bottom, Jody, in every step in between pray 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 and seek god's face we don't do anything we don't take a step without the lord leading um, and bathing this thing in prayer so uh we we encourage you to start by finding out your needs and then what are the steps and what takes a church from ignorance to to the next step is awareness okay i'm fired up about this maybe we've got a couple of others in the church that are fired up about this but the church as a whole doesn't even understand the picture. So let's help create some awareness. Right. And so we encourage families and leaders. Hey, if, if like, I love that you did this, this young man living with down syndrome, but yeah, I bet, I bet it was a shock to you, brother. And it sounds like you handled it well, but you gave kudos to you. You gave him the mic. Right. And you don't, you didn't know what was coming. Okay. He got to tell his story. You were, you just helped generate awareness. Right. You just help create an awareness and sure mm-hmm. it, you handled it well, and that's great, but you help create awareness. The fact yeah. that you have on your staff, a family living with disability creates awareness. Right. And so the more the church is aware of what, what disability is, it, it, if I can put it this way, it normalizes it. It doesn't make it odd. Um, it normalizes disability, and then the church can start taking steps. Are there any barriers we have to mitigate? Do we need a ramp? Do we need better facilities? Do we need a sensory room? Or do we need buddies? Do we need to adjust our curriculum? What what are those things do we need? And then that, Lord willing, as you're getting people involved, starts to naturally create friendships. Right. And so you've got you've got a, a young person maybe that. They live on the autism spectrum, but they've got a beautiful technical mind and they start working with your tech team. And right. yeah, socially they're they're awkward. Maybe they're they're depending on where they are in the spectrum. Yeah, it, it can be challenging, but they start making friends. And now, you know, Bill and Joe, they're they're more than just, hey, Joe's my project. No, Joe's my friend. And so they're hanging out outside of church and the family is impacted because uh, like Fergoza said, we're having dinner together. We're getting to know each other. And, and what, hap- what, what naturally happens at that point is the body of Christ is just transformed. And now the church is just being what God wants the church to be anyway. Yeah. And it's natural. And we yeah. want this growth to happen organically. And you know what? what is really amazing about that is in the disability world, Families living with disability, they find a church like this, they tell other families living with disability. Right. And so then you start to see the gospel spreading in the community in ways you've never seen it. And is it messy? Yeah, because ministry is messy and people are messy. Yeah. Exactly. But it, it's a beautiful thing to watch God do this transformation, though. Wow. So if, uh, for an example, let's say somebody's listening now and they they have a heart for it. And then one of the things that we do in our church, and maybe this will encourage somebody else, is we don't sure. start a ministry until somebody is called to start a ministry. Absolutely. Um, you know, w- one of the things that we don't want is 15 ministries that we're trying to manage. 
sure. you know, trying, trying yeah. to place people into. And so yep. this ministry was birthed out of someone, uh, Miss Corey is her name, um, just a, a great servant's heart. Her and her whole family just are, are the best servants that I wish every Man. church could have them like this. But she had a calling. Uh, it, it had been kind of, um, uh, it had been on my heart as well for quite some time, but you know, I, it wasn't like I wanted to verbalize it really loud. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. sure exactly what that looked like, but you know, here in my church for the last three years, I've had two, ch- two kids that, mm-hmm. um, you know, are on, on the disabled list, so to speak. And how do we help them? You know, the best we could do is like set up, you know, one of the things I've always told my church, like if it's too noisy in here because of the kids, then you need to get over it. Uh, <laughs> Amen to that. You know, I don't care if kids are in there. I don't care if they're talking. It doesn't bother me. You focus yeah. on me and focus on the word. You won't focus on the kids. And so right. we've had my buddy Noah in there for the last few years. And every now and then I'll get a high from him and, uh, you know, it's just, it, it's always at a good time too. It always feels like an amen, you know, cause the church <laughs> didn't go amen. Maybe he does, but, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Miss Corey came out and just said, like, I've, I'm called for this. And I was like, let's yeah. do it. Let's jump all over. And let's figure, figure out what it is. And she dove into all of this and, you know, really, and found you guys to be honest. Yep. And, uh, I, I just think it's, a, it's an amazing opportunity for, and something that a lot of churches don't really think of, you know, honestly, it's kind of like men's ministry. You know, there's only yeah. 10% of all vibrant churches have a men's ministry. Yeah. And so it's a, you know, it's secondary um, as far as a thought process. And I would wonder what that statistic is as far as disabled ministries go. You know, I think a lot of times we want to accommodate them, but we yeah. don't want to minister to them. Yes. And that, that breaks my heart the more that I think of that, because you don't know what's going on in somebody's head. You know, they may have these voluntary compulsions um, outwardly, but inside, you know, who knows what's going on? They may sure. they may soak up every word. They may truly yeah. understand the gospel. They may understand disciples. Like it, it may be just all working in them. And if we don't give them that opportunity That's right. uh, to either learn um, who God is and or serve uh, in his kingdom. And uh, it, that, that breaks my heart the more that I think about that. So, so how would uh, somebody, let's say somebody decided that, that tomorrow they're going to start this ministry. What, what's the best way to is, is getting a hold of you or trying to figure out what, Oh, not just you, but John, Johnny and friends. But, um, you know, what's, what's the best way to go about doing that? Man, the, the best way, the best thing they could do, honestly, uh, Jody is <laughs> go to, you know, Johnny and slash Missouri. If they're in our area, um, we've got all sorts of free resources. Uh, if they just simply click on, click on the, um, uh, our resources tab, they can go straight on down to the church resources. And there's a little video on there. It's about three and a half minutes and it's how to start a disc. Wow. And it systematically walks them through all of it. If they scroll just a little bit down, it says, get basically get hooked up with a mentor in your area. Okay. They click on that. That's going to send them straight to my office. They can shoot us an email. They can give us a call. We're going to listen to them. We're going to find out where they are. Then we're going to come out and we're going to strategize a plan together for next steps. And we're going to help you take the next steps. And that's no matter where you are around the country. If you go, man, you know what, Dave, I'm not in the Missouri area. 
just go to johnnyandfriends.org and you can click on the same tab, find a mentor in your area, put in your zip code, and they're going to hook you up with one of our offices. And, awesome. uh, and we're going to walk you through it step by step, and we're going to serve with you, and we're going to watch God do amazing things in your church. Oh, that is awesome, dude. But there are all sorts of trainings on there, podcasts, blogs, all sorts. I mean, just literally hundreds of resources, video and print resources, and not a thing costs a dime. Just go through, and we want you to just soak that stuff up. Mm, that is great. So uh, johnnyandfriends.org? johnnyandfriends.org if you're in missouri it's johnnyandfriends.org slash missouri and that would be missouri kansas illinois that's southwest illinois uh, section yeah so anybody listening how can they help you oh man first of all pray for us we've got a big job and uh, we need god's power if god doesn't bless it it's not worth doing and uh, so yeah we definitely need prayer um get involved we need volunteers all the time. Like I said, we've got our family retreat that we do every year, Lake of the Ozarks, this uh, coming year, 2023. It's uh, the week of August 6th through the 12th, and uh, volunteers leaders show up on the 6th, volunteers on the 7th, families on the 8th, and then we finish on the 12th. We've got our marriage getaway next uh, October, and that's just for couples. Um, we're expanding this year. We tip the last two years. We've done it for two years. The last two years, it's just been couples raising children living with disabilities. And next year, we want to branch out. We want couples who are raising children with disabilities, but we also want couples where perhaps disability is affecting one of the spouses. And right. so that's a totally different animal, a totally different look. Uh, but we we want to minister to both of those demographics as well. Um, and that typically happens in the Springfield, Missouri area. The last couple okay. of years, we've been in a, just a beautiful B&B, 130-year-old B&B. It's been super romantic, man. The, the wives, wives are going to love it. Trust me, guys. You, you're going to go up a couple of notches in your wives' eyes. Just That's trust awesome. me, you will. What's, um, the, what's the number for that? Do you guys have do you limit it to a certain amount of people? Well, it'll depend on depend on space right now. Uh, next okay. year, we're looking for uh, 15 couples. And okay. so uh, 15 couples beginning next year. And then, man, I'm super excited about this new way. And this is this is an opportunity for your men. Johnny and friends several years ago began. Uh, we saw the need. Hey, we're we've been ministering to families for over 40 years through family retreat. We're doing well ministering to couples through our marriage getaway. But the Lord brought us into uh, this area of ministry to our combat veterans. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of organizations and ministries around the country, uh, Jody, that minister to the combat vets, right. but they don't necessarily minister to the families. Mm. And we want to minister to the whole family because you have combat vets that are coming back from protecting our freedoms and serving our country. And they're dealing with, they're, they're living with, with mm -hmm. emotional trauma. They're living with, you know, post-traumatic stress. They're living with the wounds of war. They're living perhaps even with a physical disability as a result of combat, but right. their wives, their, their spouses, I should say, cause it may be a female combatant as well, but their, right, exactly. their, their spouses might be living with a secondary PTS and so might their families, mm -hmm. their children. That's good. And so we really began asking the Lord, how can we minister to these are these are people living with disability that families touched by disability that we're we're not serving the way that we ought to be serving. Right. And so God led us into this thing that we call warrior getaway. And it's kind of a hybrid of a marriage getaway and a family retreat. 
it's not quite family retreat. It's not just designed for marriage, but we we work with some beautiful things where we're seeing God change combat veterans' hearts. Mm-hmm. They're beginning the healing process. Some of them are are going from, you know, they're 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 hard individuals. They're right, more right. hardened individuals, and God melts their heart. They come to know Jesus as their savior, their relationship with their spouse and their family starts to change. And we start to see that year over year. So we're actually launching one of those in our Missouri area. It's just, it's going to be over in Carlinville, Illinois, where we're going to be hosting it next year. And that'll be next November. We need volunteers for that. Um, And what a beautiful way to connect with other men and other families is to have a man get involved, especially in your churches. If you have veterans that understand this, Right. And and God's done the work already in their heart, and they want to come pour into some of these families. What a beautiful way to do that! Um, so we need. That. I'm a I'm a uh, Desert Storm veteran, and uh, really, I, I would love oh man, we need to talk to do that. I've actually written um, three devotionals for uh, military movies, and really, uh, one of them was Indivisible. It's uh, okay. It was a marriage devotional that I wrote uh-huh. for that. And then Hacksaw Ridge, uh, we wrote the devo- I wrote the devotional for that through Man Up God's Way. Neat. Uh, Mel Gibson one. And then yep. there was one other one, and I'm going blank on that one. But um, uh, it's, you know, a lot of these military guys are coming back, you know, whether they're, you know, especially in the last five to ten years. Yeah. We should have finished it when when i was in um anyway, <laughs> yeah. but that's a whole yeah. that's a whole other story but uh that's a different you know, podcast yeah it is it sure is and <laughs> you know, the, the the problem with a lot of these is you know the disability isn't always physical and no it's not you know it, it's destroying the marriages i mean you 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 know yeah. the statistics of 22 um, men an hour are committing absolutely uh, or is it a day? Uh, it's a day. Yeah, day, it's 22 men a day. Yeah, 22 men a day are committing suicide, uh, or yep. soldiers, I should say, committing suicide, and it, it's a it's an issue and it's a problem. But um, count me in, dude. I would love to be a part of it's that. Done. Um, Let's we'll we'll talk we'll talk off mic, but uh, my my head has a couple of ideas that uh, <laughs> the Lord the Lord may just have opened a beautiful partnership there for the two of us. Praise so uh, we we need to talk off mic because one of the things we do, Jody, is we we prayerfully seek for a getaway a warrior getaway pastor that can relate to these men, can relate to these families and pour the word of God into them because you're right. They've got emotional scars. They're dealing with moral injury. They're dealing with PTS. They're dealing with so much more that lays under the surface that we, we don't even know about. So yeah, there are opportunities to serve. And then if you want to serve internationally and you really want God to change your life, man, we can have you serve with wheels for the world and uh, we can send you all around the world. Uh, taking the gift of mobility, we we collect wheelchairs domestically, uh, manual wheelchairs, both adult and pediatric, manual walkers and and mm-hmm. uh, metal canes and crutches. And this is such a beautiful ministry. It doesn't matter what shape they're in. So I've literally had people call me and go, Dave, I've got a wheelchair. Will you really will you really take anything? And I said, yeah, as long as it's manual and uh, yeah, but the seats ripped out in it. That's fine. Um, it's, it's rusted. I don't even know that the wheels move. It's okay. We'll take it, Wow. take it. And then we partner with prisons around the country and we go in and we teach them how to restore those wheelchairs to like new condition. 
Mm, and we, we don't just God. put them in a shipping container at that point. And by the way, those those residents in these prisons, those inmates in those prisons, they they don't just work on our stuff. They get discipled. They hear they the word of God. Them. We're working yeah. with chaplains, right? And then we don't just put them in a shipping container and send them around the world. We actually recruit teams of physical therapists, occupational therapists, mechanics, helpers to go with us. So this mm. last July, I spent 10 days in Manila. Uh, Philippines. And uh, man, I went in going, okay, I'm, I'm excited to serve. I have no idea what God's going to do. Wow. I I came back different than when I left. Uh, I was totally different. And we, we saw 300. um, Are we getting spotty again? It It sounded like you said 300. 300. 300. Yeah. So we, we saw 300 individuals receive wheelchairs. We saw 153 people come to know Jesus. Praise and God. Uh, oh, and we, yeah. we don't just love them and leave them. We, right. we believe strongly, both domestically and internationally, uh, we have this little motif we call Reach, Care, Connect. So we reach them with the gospel. We care for them where they are. And then the most important part is we connect them to a local church. Wow. So all of these 153 people were connected with our partner churches there in Manila. And those people are already following up and loving and discipling on these individuals. So, you know, it could be as easy as you go, Dave, I don't want to travel to Manila, but Hey, I've got a truck. I, I and... <laughs> yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> I do. I, I, I want to. Let's go. Oh, there you go. But yeah. man, if you don't want to go to Manila and you just want to help us around the St. Louis, Kansas city, across the state, and you say, I've got a truck, I've got a trailer, I can load up wheelchairs and I can load wheelchairs into the back of a semi-trailer, get a hold of, get a hold of my office because we'll hook you up with our team of volunteers. I think you'll like this. We call it our chair core, kind of like the Marine Corps, but okay. it's our chair core. Awesome. And it's volunteers that go all over picking up wheelchairs, loading wheelchairs, moving them around. Um, and we always need strong backs to help with that. Wow. So here, here's what I want you to pray about and again we can talk about this off air is um how do we develop a program um concept a template or something for the men um in and through man up god's way and johnny and friends uh to to implement into their church and to to get involved in their church to you know give them this nugget of of servitude and which will bring blessings, which will bring hope, which will bring all of this kind of stuff within uh, their own church and community. Um, Just be praying about that. Cause I really, I really really think we could impact a lot of the churches. One of the things that we're doing in 2023 through man of God's way is we're going to start developing the concept right now is, is, war groups you know like yeah. literally where they're going into the church and they're becoming the the battle the, the men who are spiritually battling for uh their their homes and the yeah. church and their community and uh really trying to launch some major things where we will actually have regional and uh area guys taking care of these churches and the leaders oh, cool. and all of that kind of stuff and so one of the things that we want to to go behind that or with that is you know, applications or ideas or templates or books or whatever that is to give them, you know, instead of just saying, Hey, here's a men's ministry, have a breakfast every once a month. And sure. How do we go in and do something massive that gives them like, imagine if 
five, 10 guys just got all excited about discipline or a, 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 a ministry for disabled children, you know, yeah. I mean, just imagine what that just would imagine do. the impact. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we're, we're praying for other things too, that, you know, there's so many things that you can throw out there, but we want something to go along behind that. So let's you and I be praying about something like that, because one of the things we like, to, we like to do at man up uh, God's way is not reinvent the wheel. We want to go where God's sure. already go, you know, instead of trying to get God to work over here, let's go to where God's already working. Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. And you know what we would probably, and we can talk about this, um, off air, but we've, we've got a whole division in Johnny and friends. We call it the CID. It's the Christian Institute on disability. And it's really, yeah. it's our, it's our instructive arm. Um, and, uh, we, we put on a lot of great materials and I, I'm sure if we loop them into this conversation, they can help us figure this out. Um, cause they're, they're beautiful at doing that. But, uh, one of our, one of our executives wrote a book several years ago called another kind of courage for for dads and his name uh, is steve bundy if you don't have it you know i'll send you a copy but okay. um steve wrote this book and steve steve has a child with severe disabilities and uh, he talks about being a dad to a kid living with disability takes another kind of courage and uh, he really does call men, calls dads to be the men God wants you to be in that book. And I know the first time I read it, man, it just, I'd already been a dad of special needs kids for several years. It's, I just wept. It's made like, today. Oh, that's yeah, well, awful, yeah, uh, no, I, I kept saying, world, I should say, not rock my today, world. Yeah. I kept saying, all right, Lord, like I really <laughs> wanted to read that. Thanks a lot. <laughs> you know, we did it anyway. So, but yeah, I think that we can, I love that concept, man, that if we can get, we can get men mobilized to lead the way God wants us to lead, especially in disability ministry, it's man. going to change the face of the church. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. Well, brother, I'm going to start praying for you. Uh, you're on my prayer list now. Amen. And so Johnny and friends. And I pray that yep. you guys continue for the next uh, 40 years doing exactly what God's called you guys. Absolutely. To do. Uh, I hope somehow, some way, our church and uh, Man of God's Way can just be a small part of that um, here in the near no future. Doubt. I'm sure, so, no doubt. I think we can work together to see God's kingdom expanded. All right, brother. Well, yeah. man, it's been a blessing, and uh, yeah. folks, we are going to call it a night. Again, go see, go check out the uh, website JohnnyandFriends.org. Uh, you can also do backslash Missouri if you have any questions for the Missouri area or the St. Louis area, Kansas City area, uh, and in this region. Uh, this podcast will be available tomorrow night or tomorrow morning on all po podcast platforms. Make sure that you go download it. And uh, be praying about uh, the church, that it steps up mm. and does the things that it's called to do. Uh, I love what Fergosa said, is that, you know, this is uh, this is something the church should be doing anyway. And with all parachurch ministries, you know, if we, if we yeah. would just get out of that mindset and the church do exactly what it's supposed to do, it would shut down all parachurch ministries. Absolutely. And, um, bring more unity to us than uh, than than right now. So. Mm. Uh, brother, we're going to be praying for you. Uh, it's been a blessing. Amen. Thank you. you. Have a have a great night. Thank you. you. Appreciate it. Lord bless. You've been listening to the Man Up God's Way podcast. Visit us on Facebook, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and our website at manupgodsway.org.